What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita, back in action after a fun conversation with Andrew Stem. Yesterday, we had a good time talking some college basketball. Actually, by the time you're listening to this episode, it's probably been a couple days. We're taping this on Tuesday, February 23rd. It is the leading off episode, our uh, our lead off spot here for the MLB preview series, getting going with the American League West. I am going to bring in our guests and not waste any time right now. Let's bring in the man who will help me cover the AL West today. He's our official meteorologist and game show host of the Jack Vita Show and chief meteorologist at News West 9 in Midland, Texas, Anthony Franz. Thanks, James Jack. Uh, no weather talk today, no meteorology talk today, no, no Jeopardy today either, but I'm <laughs> ready to talk some AL West baseball. It's been too long. I know last year we did this around the same time, pretty much the last week of February, and then a couple weeks later we all know what happened, and the season got delayed for several more months. So I'm hoping that we can avoid that this year. Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot better. Things are looking really good right now. I don't think we're going to be having anything of that nature happening anytime soon. But I guess you can never, you never really know for sure. Never know, but we're looking <laughs> good right now. We're looking good. We are looking very good. Anthony, you are a diehard Texas Rangers fan. And I yep. know you were looking forward to going to Globe Life Field. Or is it Globe Life Park or Globe Life Field? Which is the new one? Is the new one is Globe Life Field. The Globe old Life Globe Field. Life I, I still get them mixed up sometimes too. <laughs> <laughs> so the Rangers built this new ballpark, and you and I both were actually, I think we both were there that same weekend. It was the last Rangers, right. yeah, when it was Globe Life Park. And that was, yeah, I went, I went to the very last game. It was a Sunday afternoon game, and it was really hot. And <laughs> but I had to go to the game. Uh, last game there. It was a really cool experience. Rangers actually won that game against the Yankees. Uh, but yeah, they played their first season in the new park last year. Really only 30 games, 30 home games because it's a 60 game season. So it'll be nice to have a full season there this year. Yeah. And no fans for any of those games, except for the playoff games that were there that the Rangers were not playing in. Right. No fans until they got to the NLCS and the world series. They had fans in those in those games, but yeah, haven't been able to get to a game yet. So this year, definitely. So I went to the Friday game that weekend because I was down in Fort Worth that weekend. It was the Yankees, and the Yankees just killed them that night. It was a bad <laughs> game for the Rangers. And yeah. my brother went, and he brought back one of those uh, boomsticks. You know the boomstick? The the hot dog. Yeah, it's like a it's like a two foot long gigantic. It might be three feet long. It's gigantic. They charge, hot dog. Like, they charge like thirty bucks for that. It's great. <laughs> I've, had, I've had one before. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, good times. So, how are you feeling about the Texas Rangers going into this twenty twenty one season? New executive, by the way, Chris Young, former uh, pitcher, like taking the, over. I like that move to get Chris Young. Uh, John Daniels, is he's the old GM. He's still with the team in a, in a pretty big role, but Chris Young is the new GM. Uh, and he was a guy that a lot of MLB execs thought was going to be even higher up in like the MLB executive office uh, and not just like a team GM, but the Rangers were able to snag him, and that's a really good move for him. 
Yeah, he had a nice long career, and he was very unique in terms of he was like six foot ten, so he was the right. si- pretty much the size of Randy Johnson. And I remember right. one time Derek Lee going out to the mound, and it was a six foot eight guy and a six foot ten guy, and neither of them could land a punch on the other one. <laughs> yeah, and Chris Young actually did pitch for the Rangers for a few years too. Yeah, t- later on in his career, yeah. right? Yeah, he was with the Padres for a while, and then he was able to collect a ring with that 2015 Royals team towards the end of his career. And I think I think he actually picked for the Rangers early on because the Rangers traded him and Adrian Gonzalez to the Padres at the same time. Yeah, and who did they get in that trade? Do you remember? Nothing, nothing much, I don't think. Phil Nevin, <laughs> someone like that? <laughs> yeah, it, something like that. It was not a... I don't know what we were doing with that trade, but <laughs> <laughs> now I'm curious. I gotta look that up. Chris Young. I remember that. He was with we, the We might have got we might have got like Akinori Otsuka. <laughs> okay. So yeah, that's right. Uh Adam Eaton and Akinori Otsuka. That's that's oh, correct. Yeah. Here's a closer for a couple of years. <laughs> and also had to trade Termel Sledge too, who's a solid outfielder. Okay, yeah, yeah. But, all right, so the Rangers last year, we were doing this last year, and we were feeling... Are we going going straight to Rangers now? Are we starting with them? Do you want to start with the Rangers, or do you want to save it? Well, it's your show, man. (laughs) We can do what you want here, but I'm ready for either way. Well, I guess before we dive right into these teams, I guess the one thing I'm going to say as I look at this division, I think that I don't think it's going to be a great division this year. You know, as I was doing research on these teams yesterday, I kind of got the same feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was higher on this division last year than I was yeah. this year. This year, um, I think there's some there's some good teams here, there's some decent teams here, but no no teams that are going to at least on paper compete for a championship. I mean, it, it, you're always going to have, have a team or two get to the playoffs. You never know what can happen at that point. But there's better teams out there in other divisions on paper. Yeah, and so I think what I think will be really interesting and we'll go deeper in this, but Houston and Oakland both lost quite a bit from last year. Oakland lost Marcus Semien and Liam Hendricks and Houston is going to be without Justin Verlander for a good chunk of the season. They lost George Springer and we'll go deeper in on that in a little bit. But I think as you see those two teams that were at the top of the division the last few years regressing, the question is what team out of the other three can be the first to get up and surpass those teams? And I don't think there's anyone that's ready right now, but I do think that Seattle and Texas are on the right track to do that potentially in a couple of years. I, I kind of agree with you, and yeah, we'll talk more about that in a bit here. But so, what team? What team should we start so we can, don't give away too much right now? <laughs> well, let's start with Texas. I mean, this is okay. as I look at DraftKings uh, over under win totals here. They have the lowest in this division, sixty six and a half, very low. Last year, going in, you and I both pegged them as a playoff team. I had them getting in once we found out that there were eight teams making the playoffs instead of six teams or instead of five teams and they ended up having a very lackluster year that prompted that change to bring in Chris Young 22 and 38 
But again, you're looking at just a 60-game sample size, so I think it's important to note where all these teams were two years ago, which we normally don't do. Uh, 2019, 78 and 84, and we thought they were going to be turning the corner. They did not last year. They didn't last year. It all came down to some of that pitching, especially Corey Kluber. We, we were high. I was high on him. He's going to be an ace of this bat. He pitched. Do you, know, do you know how many innings he pitched for the Rangers last year? Like, ooh, okay. How many? How many starts did he make? That's what I'd like to know. One. <laughs> Five innings. Four innings. One inning. Oh my goodness! He pitched the first inning of his first start and didn't pitch again. He got he got pulled from the game with an injury and didn't come back. And now he's with the Yankees. Is that the saddest thing you've ever heard? Yeah, very sad. to be a Corey Kluber, a Cy Young winner. He pitches one inning, and that's his career with us. (laughs) (laughs) Very brutal. Yeah, that was sad to see. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I thought he had more left in the tank, too. And Last year, I mean, we had some good pitching from from Lance Lynn and Mike Miner, especially the first half of the season. They kind of fell off a little bit in the second half of the season. And the batting, just a lot of guys had down years too, especially Joey Gallo last year, did not play well at all. Uh, and that's a guy that he's in the middle of our lineup. He's the best athlete and the best hitter on the team if he's going well. Um, and he hit, what, 181 last year. Yikes. That's not going to cut it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you were wondering why he wasn't going to be in our uh, Survivor season that Albert and I did a few days right. ago. Yeah, he batted 180. So he, he if he had batted a little better, maybe he would have been cast in our fictional Survivor season. Maybe. He'll, he'll, get, <laughs> he'll do better this year. He'll do better this year. And I do like, I, I think when I look down and up at this, uh, this team right here, the pitching scares me a little bit. Uh, some some unknowns on the pitching, a couple got a couple veterans who are okay, but don't really uh, jump off the page like Kyle Gibson and Jordan Lyles. Yeah, Kyle um, Gibson is probably going to be the opening day starter at this point. Yeah, I don't, think they, it. I don't think they announced it at this point, but there's a good chance probably. Yeah, yeah, um, and that's not a good opening day starter. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no one's announced it here on February 23rd. But if we had to guess, it right. uh, he seems like he'd be the logical pick. And I know they also took a flyer on Mike Fultonavish, who's a good yeah. guy to take a flyer on just a couple of years ago, pitched well for the Braves in the postseason. 2018, he was one of the top pitchers in the National League. Last year, he had a similar experience like Corey Kluber. He only pitched one game for the Braves, and then he was DFA'd. Yeah, I, I really like that pickup too. This is several pickups that the Rangers have made this offseason that really do help to round this team out a little bit at least, and that's one of them. I also like a couple of young guys we have in this rotation. I mentioned this guy last year on this podcast, Colby Allard. Uh, he didn't pitch that well last year, but last year there's such a short sample size, and I, he's only 23 years old still, and I like the stuff he brings, a mid-'90s fastball. He's got some good breaking stuff. 23 years old, Colby Allard. I think he's going to have a good season this year. And we also picked up a Dane Dunning uh, from Chicago. Yeah, that's a, that was a great trade. I think the Rangers made a great trade there. Um, personally, so Dane Dunning last year came up a little bit ahead of schedule and really impressed a lot of folks here in Chicago. He did very well. 
he uh, I, t- I did pull up, I referenced the top 100 prospects for this podcast. They don't have the 2021, but last year he was sitting, in terms of going back to the last time they did these rankings, maybe a couple months ago, he's number 98 prospect in all of baseball. Uh, good stuff. And I thought that to get a guy like him, He's got a higher ceiling than what uh, Lance Lynn has. Lance Lynn was really good the last couple of years, but Lance Lynn isn't an ace, and this guy has the potential to be a number two or number three uh, really good starter in your rotation. Lance Lynn may not be an ace, but he pitched like an ace. He did, yeah. (laughs) At least parts of the last two seasons, he was good. He was very good. Like He was in the Cy Young conversation at one point. (laughs) That's true, that's true. But and it's yeah, funny I mean, because I I also didn't call I also didn't call Dunning an ace, which he could be an ace. But I mean that's he's a really good pitcher. Yeah, and seven starts last year, he had ERA under four uh, in the first seven starts of his career in the major league. So I like I like that pickup a lot. I like Kobe Adley, I like Dane Dunning, and how do you pronounce the other guy, Mike? Uh, Mike Fultonavish. Fultonavish. Fultonavish, The kind that's kind of like the tomato tomato thing going and on. I, I like that pickup too. None of those guys you're you're gonna, probably not going to see Cy Young numbers this year, anything like that. Uh, I think there's some solid guys in there though. And then when I look at this lineup, it's a lot of youth. Um, yeah. We have possibly Leo Di Tavares leading off and playing center field. Um, possibly splitting time with the line of the shield who just picked up again. Oh, he's back. He is back. We signed a uh, Ranger signed him again, like uh, a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. Uh, but right now he might be the fourth outfielder. Yeah. He had a couple of really bad misplays in that. Uh, one of those uh, early uh, first round games against the Yankees. There were a couple of plays in center that he goofed up, but He's right. very fast. At the very least, he's a really good pinch runner, fourth outfielder guy to have on your team. Very fast. And then uh, you mentioned uh, Simeon before. The A's lost him. They replaced him with Elvis Andrews. So yes. the Rangers lost Elvis. Uh, so right now we got Isaiah Kiner-Falefa starting at shortstop. Uh, this is a guy that made us big step up last year, in my opinion. And I think that trajectory is going to continue. He, he, he's making a lot better contact than he was a couple of seasons ago. And he reminds me a lot of Michael Young. Oh, yeah. Oh, I like that comparison. I know you're a big Michael Young guy. How are you feeling about the Elvis trade? I know he's a guy that's been a staple of the organization for a long time. This trade only happened about two weeks ago. And they added another uh, bat to the order with the trade as well because they got uh, Chris Davis coming over yeah got chris davis coming over he'll probably be uh split in time with willie calhoun at the dh position um but elvis it's sad to see him go really because elvis is the last ranger from their two world series appearances in 2010 and 2011 after elvis there's no one left from those teams uh i'm not surprised that the trade was that the move was made just because Elvis has been declining over the past couple seasons, hasn't been doing as well, and we just want to replace, we want to get the youth in the lineup at this point. Elvis is a veteran now. It's hard to believe. I remember <laughs> him coming up as a young kid. Now he's thirty some years old and uh, decline. His skill set's declining, unfortunately. Uh, so it was time to make that move. I think. 
Yeah, so is there anyone that you're really looking at potentially as a sleeper to have a breakout year on this on this lineup, Anthony? My two sleepers, two sleepers here are both guys that will likely not be in the starting lineup to start the season, but I think we'll have a very good chance to get there during the season. And we got third baseman Josh Young yes. at Texas Tech who could start the season in AAA, but I think I have a very good chance of earning that third base job. Right now it's going to be third base and second base is Nick Solak and Ruby Odor. And Ruby Odor's kind of over, uh, overstayed his welcome at this point. With the <laughs> he's put up. Uh, <laughs> I think Josh Young has a very good chance to be a big part of this lineup. And also another big prospect we have, uh, Sam Huff catcher that the Rangers have. He hit a home run in the last Futures game, I remember. He had a cup of coffee in the majors uh, last <laughs> season. He played a week or week and a half, got 31 at bat, hit three home runs, 355 uh, in the last season, in the last week last year. And he may start in the minors too, but there's a good chance that he replaces Jose Trevino uh, as the starting catcher at some point in the season. Yeah, both those guys are also top 100 prospects. Josh Young, number 50 in all of baseball. Sam Huff, number 69. So both good players to keep an eye on uh, this season. Yeah, those are, the, those are the guys that I am most excited about. And those guys right there, and if Joey Gallo can have a good season, if Willie Calhoun, who had 21 home runs in 2019, if he could have a good season, we got – we picked up guys like David Dahl and Nate Lowe, who I think are good pickups as well in that lineup at first base and left field. Like, if everything goes right, I think it could be a decent season for the Rangers. But there's still a lot of question marks, and that's why uh, they're likely not a playoff team this year. Do you think that a Gallo trade could end up happening this year? Because those rumors have been floating around the last couple of years. If the Rangers are not... Uh, playing well towards the middle of the season, I think it definitely could happen. Uh, it'll also depend on how he's playing. I mean, no one's going to want a guy who's betting 175. So, <laughs> <laughs> and it's just a, it, if he can play like he did in 2019, then there's probably a good chance that he could be traded. Uh, but if he's playing like he did last year, no one's going to want him. All right, so 66 and a half. Are you feeling good about winning more than 66 games this year, Anthony? Yeah, I wrote these over-unders on my sheets of paper here, too, and <laughs> feel good about the over. I mean, of course, I'm the Ranger. <laughs> I'm going to say they're going to get over 66 wins. What, 66 wins would be 66 and 96? Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> I have – this is a little maybe uh, optimistic, but I have them – I wrote down what I say here. 75 and 87. I'm not going to go that high. I actually think the 66 is a pretty good number. If they win more than that, I mean, I don't think this is going to be a very good team this year. I think they potentially could be selling off more parts at the deadline. If they get a good half out of Kyle Gibson, he could be a guy that they ship. But the thing that makes 66 and a half interesting to me is Again, there's nobody that I love in this division to really dominate and win 100 games. At the same time, they're 
it's it's not a great division. The American League isn't great at this time either. So I think that 66 and a half is a pretty good number. I think I'll go slightly over and I will say 67 wins for the Texas Rangers this year. That's respectable. I get it. I get the reason that they're projected so low. Of course, I'm going to be the optimist. I'm the Rangers fan. <laughs> and I do like some of the the prospects they have and the direction they're going with this team, as you said before. Uh, there's some other low-level prospects, too, that I like in this. Uh, some pitching prospects. Hans Kraus is good in the lower levels of the minors. Uh, I like where this team is headed. They're not there this year, but maybe in a few. All right, so let's move over to the next team that I think is in a similar spot as the Rangers, uh, but maybe a little further along in their rebuild. That's the Seattle Mariners, and we have something special for you all. Here, this is uh, Mario Lanza, who comes on this podcast about once a year to talk baseball. He writes about Survivor and Saturday Night Live at his website, funny115.com. He has a couple of podcasts. He has a Survivor Historians podcast. He does his movie podcast called Staff Picks. And Mario is a huge Seattle Mariners fan. And unfortunately for your uh, former roommate and coworker, Nathan (laughs) Santo Domingo, uh, Mario happily claimed the spot as the uh, residential Seattle expert on this podcast. In fact, I don't think he even knows about who Nathan is, but he started kind of uh, patting himself on the back for being the lone Mariners guy on this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. So Mario sent me his outlook on the Mariners here, and this is about five to seven minutes long. So I'm going to play it here and I'm going to turn it over to him and then uh, you and I can react to it. Sound good, Anthony? Sounds good. Hey there, this is Mario Lanza, and uh, Jack asked me as the reigning Mariners fan on this podcast, the (laughs) reigning Mariners fan who's willing to admit he's a Mariners fan uh, out on the internet, he asked me to uh, pipe in and give my predictions for the Seattle Mariners in the upcoming 2021 season. And I'll say pretty much um, this is the same prediction that I have said for any Mariners season in my entire lifetime, and that is not great, Bob. <laughs> I don't think we're suddenly going to become a World Series contender this year out of after 40-something years of not being one. But, you know, there's reason to hope for, uh, for the future if you're a Mariners fan. Obviously, we got Jared Kelnick. That's the big thing coming up. He's our big... Uh, prize we stole from the Mets in the Robinson Cano Edwin or the, the Diaz deal and this is the year he's supposed to make his debut they expect he'll probably start the season in the minors and they're going to see how he does double a triple a and then move him up probably in April he will probably be our starting left fielder so I'll probably have Kelnick in left field which is very exciting I mean we don't haven't really had a prospect like that since a rod which was pretty big so Kelnick will be in left you got uh, Kyle Lewis in center rookie of the year last year we're hoping to have Mitch Hanniger back in right and if we have all three of those and they're all kind of firing at once that's a really good outfield that's one of the better outfields in baseball I would say so that's probably what drives most of the hope for Seattle this year is what's going to happen when Kelnick comes up and how Kyle Lewis does in his sophomore season 
let's see. Going to the infield, we got Kyle Seeger. This is expected to be his last year in Seattle, I believe. So he'll hopefully go out with a bang. One of the most underrated players I've ever seen in my lifetime. That guy has been solid for decades. I mean, not not decades, but for years, that guy's been great, and uh, this will probably be his last year. Hopefully, he goes out with a bang. Um, we got uh, J.P. Crawford at short, who's a great gold glove shortstop. Uh, not entirely sure if his bat's ever going to come around, but his defense will be good enough that it probably won't matter. Uh, we kind of have a rotating cast of people at second. I think Dylan Moore, if I recall, was supposed to play there. Uh, Maybe Ty France, or Ty France might be a DH, I don't know. You got Evan White, our first baseman. I'm really excited to see what Evan White does over his career, since I have recently heard a couple of scouts. There's these guys that follow these uh, young players, and they've been saying, you know, Evan White is not just the best defensive first baseman on the Mariners. He's the best defensive first baseman in baseball. And one guy said, he's the best defensive first baseman I've ever seen. It's wow. incredible. So. Hopefully, his defense, J.P. Crawford's defense, will help make up for any bat deficiencies they might have. Uh, we got a uh, couple young catchers, Torrens, coming up. Uh, he was there last year. We got him from San Diego. We got another guy, uh, the switch hitter. Oh, I forgot his name already. The guy from Florida. We have this big power-hitting switch hitter catcher. Uh, I'm going to look it up because I forgot his name. I completely forgot his name. Mariners. Prospect catcher. I don't know his name. I don't know. Anyway, we have this big switch hitting catcher that I should know his name, and I'm blanking right now. And uh, he is supposed to be another big uh, bat coming along right behind Kelnick. Behind that, we have Julio Rodriguez, who is supposedly going to be the best of the bunch. That's what they say. Um, out of all of our prospects, they say Kelnick is the one that's all flashy and like we got from the Mets, so he's got the East Coast pedigree. But uh, but Julio Rodriguez, he's the one that they really think is going to be the star. They think he has like Griffey, A-Rod potential to be oh. a mega superstar one day, and he's a year behind Kelnick. So there is a lot to look forward in the future if you're a Mariners fan. I don't think this year is going to be the one where they really put it all together. But, you know, you never know. Sometimes things happen, and the AL West, I believe, uh, is going down. I mean, most of the powerhouse teams, the Astros are clearly going down at this point. Um, I don't know if the A's are as good as they've been in the past. So there will be an opportunity, I believe, coming up for the Mariners to sneak in there and be one of the elite teams. I don't know if it'll be this year. It probably won't, but again, it could surprise you. You never know. But again, as a Seattle Mariners fan, it's best not to make World Series plans this early in the season. It's <laughs> probably not going to happen for us. You again, you learn this as a kid. Uh, <laughs> let's see, pitching. We got Marco Gonzalez. I love Marco. I think he's fantastic. Check out his WHIP from last year. Marco's one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball because he never walks anybody. He's like you know Bob Tewksbury back in the day or Kevin Tappany, these guys that were super extreme control pitchers. But Marco, I think, puts those guys to shame even. He is unbelievable. I've seen him in person. He doesn't throw hard, but it's amazing how few good swings people get on his pitches because he changes speed so well and he's always jamming people. So it's kind of fun to uh, follow him. Again, we got a couple other pitchers, uh, Bill uh, James Paxton is coming back. That's good. Good to have Big Maple back. But again, I, I predict a pretty good year for the Mariners. Most experts are predicting like 72 to 75 wins, which is probably right. Unless, you know, 
Kelnick and Lewis just take off when they get out there as they could. They probably won't this young in their this early in their career, but there's always the possibility when you have those guys in one outfield that they could just take off together. So this will be an exciting year for the Mariners. I think it'll be fun to watch. It'll be uh, whether again we'll put it in the big picture here. Whether they are good or bad. It doesn't really matter just because it's so exciting. We'll probably have baseball this year, and if not a full season, very near to a full season. So I'd advise people, again, to try, try not to get too wrapped up in your favorite team, how well they're going to do, what the chances are this year. Just appreciate what we're going to have this year, and this will be the first year kind of getting back to normal. So I'm just excited to have baseball again. And uh, again, Jack, thank you for letting me pipe in as the one and only <laughs> person who will admit there is still a Seattle Mariners fan since 1981 or so. And, oh, and before I go, the catcher that I was trying to look up, his name is Cal Raleigh. He's the guy, big switch hitting, power hitting catcher we got in Double A. He's supposed to be a big bat when he comes up. Uh, I would suspect kind of Mickey Tuttle-ish. That's kind of the comp I would think of. Good enough defense to get by. He's going to swing and miss a lot, but he's got big-time power, and he's a switch hitter. So, again, lots of fun in the future for the Mariners. Go Mariners, and uh, hope you crash and burn. Astros, burn in hell. (laughs) Yes! What do you think, Anthony? That's a good analysis right there. I love how subtle. I was not expecting that at the end. (laughs) That was great. No one likes the Astros. (laughs) <laughs> yeah he was so he was so polite about the way he said it too <laughs> yeah, you gotta love that but what do you think about this mariners team jack i think he may have talked me into it a little bit oh yeah i think i think that there's a there's a lot of talent kyle lewis won the rookie of the year last year jared kelenic he'll be up sometime soon and of course there's a little bit of scandal over the last few days right. uh which we don't have to get into but i have to think he's going to come up very soon they're gonna have him if he can play well that outfield should be very good this I think could remind me a little bit of the Mariners team from a couple years ago where they came out of the gates really strong they will score a lot of runs and they hit a lot of home runs I think they're going to score runs I don't know if the pitching's there yet yeah I'm kind of with you there but yeah I I see a ton of potential in this team, even more yeah. than I see in my Rangers, honestly, right now. Uh, <laughs> Kellenic, you got Julio Rodriguez next year. Uh, they got a couple pitching prospects. Logan Gilbert is a, a big pitching prospect in the top 100 that's probably going to play this year uh, for the Mariners as well. Uh, they got like, Taylor uh, Trammell, too, who's another really good – he's a top 50 prospect. So yeah. it's like how many outfielders they need. <laughs> this team is loaded with uh, prospects, top 100 prospects at that. Uh, that are going to be making huge contributions. And there's still a few guys on the team right now, like Kyle Lewis. That guy is so good. Have you seen him play? Oh, uh, yeah. I saw him a little bit last year, and he was he was great. Yeah. he It was it was back and forth between him and Luis Robert for Rookie of the Year, and then Robert dipped at the end of the season. But Kyle Lewis is – our friend Connor Ennis is really big in the sports card and memorabilia business, and that's been exploding once again lately. His rookie card last year, extremely valuable. I have to think it still is. Oh, wow. Yeah. But yeah, uh, that outfield has a chance to be really, really good. Uh, the infield, not as good. We got J.P. Crawford, Dylan Moore. Uh, I still love Kyle Seeger. He's a big Ranger killer. Um, 
there's there's lots of bright spots in that lineup. Like you said, the pitching, uh, eh, it's okay. Marco Gonzalez, I do like him. Yeah, uh, he's really good. He is underrated. What, what was uh, the guy that just talked? What was his name again? Mario. Mario Loza. Something about his whip. And that's a, that's a, a note that I did make on my notes here. He had a .95 whip last year in 2020. One of the best in the big league. Uh, and he, he's a really solid pitcher. Picked up James Paxton. We got Kikuchi. Justice Sheffield. I really like Justice Sheffield. Yeah, he's got good stuff. 23-year-old uh, pitcher with some really good stuff. Um, so a few good pitchers there. And the offense has a chance to be really good, especially in the next couple of years. Uh, so I kind of like this team. I like them too. I have to say they're my third favorite team in this division. Uh, it might not show up in the win totals. It could really go. I mean, as Mario alluded to, whether they win 65 games or 75 games, even uh, that's not going to make a big difference for where this team's at uh, for a year from now. I think what they want to do is just get production out of these guys, get these guys to, to develop a little more, and then in a year or two, as we see those teams at the top continue to dip, they can make their move to the top, and they're going to be a lot of fun. They're going to be a team that I'll probably be tuning in with my MLB uh, MLB TV subscription quite a bit to watch these guys. Yeah, I mean... I'm excited to watch this team too. They're they're going with a six man rotation as well. Wow. Not a lot of teams are doing that, but they are probably to save <laughs> save those young arms, uh, put a little less stress on them, which this day and age is seems pretty smart. But yeah, so many young prospects. This is I, I wrote down all the prospects too on my notes here, and this is the longest list of any of the teams <laughs> in this division by a long shot. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how many you mentioned, but we can run through them real quick. Obviously, there's Kalinich at uh, number nine, Julio Rodriguez, number 15, Emerson Hancock, a right-handed pitcher. He's number 30. Logan Gilbert, I think you had mentioned him. He's number 35. Taylor Trammell, I, I think he'll probably be at the MLB level uh, to start the season. He could be their opening day, uh, one of their opening day outfielders. And then they also have George Kirby, number 95. He's a right-handed pitcher. Yep, I got all those guys. I... I got a slightly different number numbering than you, Duke. I don't know. Got <laughs> Were you looking bet. at MLB Pipeline? I was looking at MLB.com. I was one of those two. I'm baseball not sure. America, Baseball Prospectus. You know, it, was, it was on MLB.com. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm looking at last year's ranking. So. My, my list had Kellenick at four, Rodriguez at five, Emerson Hancock at 31, Gilbert at 33, Kirby at 92, and Trammell at 100. Yeah, that makes a little more sense. So I'm looking at, yeah, I'm looking at last year's. I couldn't find this year's for whatever reason, but anyway, anyway, never, <laughs> nevertheless, there's a lot of really good pieces there for the future. The one thing I would be curious to see if they were to trade, another one we talked about, Gallo, is Kyle Seeger, a guy that they could move, is Marco Gonzalez. I think they probably hang on to Marco Gonzalez, but maybe Seeger in the last year of his contract. And I'm sure there'll be conversations about an extension, but he could be a guy that maybe they move at the deadline if they want to keep accumulating more pieces. And maybe, but honestly, I'm half expecting this team to compete a little bit into the into the midway through the season. Yeah, I guess that they could compete a little bit. Um, I know Vegas had the over under at 72 and a half. Yes, that's correct. And 
I have him at 77 wins. Okay, so I had a little bit below you. I had 76 wins, uh, but pretty close. We have the right idea. Yeah, I think this team... It could really go either way. They could they could take a step back. I mean, last year, by the way, twenty seven and thirty three, they were in a spot for a playoff spot for a while. They were pretty yeah, close to like, making the playoffs. Six games under five hundred, and these guys, <laughs> these guys have got a year more of experience. They're a year better, and I think with Kalenic in the lineup, they could improve on that on that percent that win percentage they had last year. Yeah, I mean, the one thing is it was only 60 games and they were playing only the teams in the West and there were no fans. And that's true, but they're also playing the NL West. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. So <laughs> it's I just think it's hard to compare last year to this year in terms of the records. I think that's the thing that's tough. That's but true. I mean, they were competitive last year through 60 games. So I think you're right. They probably will be competitive for at least the first 60 games this season. Yeah, so we'll see. I like that team. Do you have them? We'll move segue into this next team. Do you have them as your third or fourth team in this division? Seattle? Yeah. They were a close fourth. Okay. Okay. So we'll move over to the next one, and that's the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. 26 and 34 last year, 72 and 90. Two years ago, they went out and they added some more this offseason, but they don't really have too much young talent. This is an older roster, and they brought in Jose Iglesias. They lost on Dalton Simmons. They yep. brought in Dexter Fowler, maybe to recapture a little bit of that uh, 2016 Cubs magic with Joe Madden. Shohei Otani is coming back healthy, and they intend to use him both ways. And uh, was there something else they added this? Oh, they brought in Jose Quintana, another Cub, former Cub. Jose, Jose Quintana and Alex Cobb in the rotation. Yes, that's right. Yep. So I am not high on the Angels. We discussed this last year, but I, I'm guess you must like them a little more than I do. <laughs> I guess a little more than I do. I mean, I still have them. We can already talk. I mean. I don't like them that much. I just had them literally a game or two better than Seattle. <laughs> um, but that's because, I mean, you still have some really solid guys in this lineup. Mike Trout. I mean, it's Mike Trout. Sure. This is, I'd say a few years ago, undoubtedly the best player in baseball. Now it's still arguably one of the, he's still arguably, you put in like Fernando Tatis Jr., you put in a maybe a. No, no, no way. Trout's still no. the number one guy. No, Tatis Tatis Anthony has played 150 games. You gotta do you gotta go out and win an MVP. Let's not let's not get too ahead of ourselves with Tatis Jr. That that'll we'll talk about that tomorrow, I guess. <laughs> Trout though, he's slipping. He's slipping. Okay. He He's been injured. Year, I know it's only a sixty game sample size last year. He was only I say only, only fifth in the MVP voting. <laughs> <laughs> where that's the lowest he's ever been in a wow. season. Wow. That's crazy. That's a crazy <laughs> stat. That's unbelievable. <laughs> fifth, he was fifth in the MVP voting. He batted 281, had a 993 OPS. Great numbers, uh, but it's honestly a down year for him. Yeah, um, again, 60 games. I uh, can't yeah. put too much into that, but... 100%, but he does turn 30 in August. Yeah. 
and you never know what kind of decline that's gonna that's gonna occur. I still think he's not gonna decline this year. He's gonna be great this year. Yeah, he's gonna be uh, one of the best, if not the best, player in baseball once again. Uh, and then you have Anthony Rendon, uh, one of the best third basemen in baseball. Uh, Shohei Otani they had a very down year last year at the bat, but hopefully can uh, pick it up a little bit. He only bat he batted one ninety last year. They don't have a good rotation, Anthony, which we can get into in a second. And then we talk about these guys in their batting order, and they're all in- injury prone with Trout, Otani, and then you got these older guys. Oh, Rendon missed a good chunk last year. He was out for much of the last season. And then you also, they're still, I think they're the only team in baseball, at least they were last year, with four position players making $18 million annually or more. Mm-hmm. And so they still have that Pujols and Justin Upton contracts, and they're not getting much out of those guys yeah, at this exactly. point. Justin Upton batted 204 last year. Albert uh, Pujols likely not going to get a ton of playing time this year, I don't think. Yeah. Um, 41 years old now, and his wife uh, posted on Instagram that this is his last year a couple days ago. It's too bad because he's 37 homers away from 700, and I'd love him to just play out this contract just for him to get to 700. It'd be cool. This is the last year of his contract. Oh, that's right. You're right. That's that's wild. I mean, this he's been on the books, so this is year 10 because that was started in uh, 2012 was the first year. Wow, yeah. That was t- 10 years ago that the Cardinals won the World Series. Don't, don't remind me. Oh, I'm sorry. I forgot. <laughs> this rotation, again, this is the thing that's really been held, holding them back. They've had some good position players. I do like Joe Adele. Uh, he's another guy who's one of these yeah, high ceiling. Yeah, we were talking about him last year. Pitching rotation, you're looking at Bundy as your number one guy, Dylan Bundy. Otani as your number two. And Andrew Haney, number three, Griffin Canning, Jose Quintana. That's not a very strong, solidified rotation. What was that, Anthony? I'm not prepared to give Otani the number two spot. I don't even know if he's – I mean, I know they're planning on playing him, but yeah, he got lit up like a few times in, in the last time he's tried to pitch. Like, is it even smart? No, I, I don't think so. And Joe Madden, another thing about Joe Madden, there's a lot that I heard last year, and I'm sure it's going to continue into this year, is that – Joe Madden is this uh, intellectual genius who you can give him any lineup and he will create a winner out of it. I don't buy into that. I think he's a good manager. But the other thing with this team, compared to what he had in Tampa, what he had with the Cubs, those were much younger rosters. And so it was easier for him to get younger guys to buy into his whole mentality of not really having a whole lot of accountability, not really having a whole lot of meetings and having a lot of restrictions of when these guys should show up to the park. He just, he's very laissez faire in that regard. And you got to have the older guys to buy into that. And I don't know if they're going to buy into it. That's a good point. This is, does look like the oldest team in the division. Yeah. Um, and I guess some of those rotation guys are decent, but no one that really jumps off the page. Like I said before, I like Griffin Canning. I like Andrew Haney. But, I mean, the new addition, they're okay. Uh, pitching last year, it was 28th in all of baseball in terms of runs against. Yikes. Not good there. They scored runs. They were ninth in baseball in runs scored. Yeah, um, that's, that's something they can do. I don't know if they'll be that high again this year, um, but – 
they definitely have the ability to score runs with this lineup. When it's clicking, they can it can be a really good lineup. I guess the one other thing I wanted to add on Madden real quick with Otani. There was a quote last week about he intends to really use Otani to his best potential and use him both ways. And I think he even said something about not really placing any restrictions on him. And this is a guy who has had Tommy John. Madden is notorious for overusing pitchers and not really managing, typically with bullpen guys. But there were a number of Cubs pitchers that I watched him really squeeze everything out of to the point that there wasn't a whole lot left, whether it was Chapman, Wade Davis, Steve Ciszek, Pedro Strope, Hector Rondon. And to uh, <laughs> pair that type of manager with a guy like Otani, that just makes me a little nervous for Otani. Yeah, and me too. I mean, he's had those injury concerns the past few years, and you don't want to just kill him out there, uh, which they might be trying to The Angels seem desperate right now. They're, they, they, they have Mike Trout. They want to get Mike Trout to the playoff, and they want to build this They want to build this team around them, which they have failed to do over the last five seasons. Everyone would love to see Mike Trout get more time in the playoffs, show yeah. off what he can do. Uh, but so far, this hadn't happened, and I don't think it's going to happen this year. Uh, Vegas over under eighty three and a half. Where you got it? Where you haven't? <laughs> I'm going way under. I think they're a uh, they're going to win. Oh gosh, I, you know, there's part of me that thinks that they they could end up with the worst division, worst record in this division. Wow. Like that is that's a possibility. I think that could really happen. I don't think I'll go that low. I think they win seventy games this year, Anthony. Wow! If they won, I don't. That's the worst in my. That's the worst in my division. In my <laughs> yeah, I did go with uh, sixty. What did I say? Sixty six or sixty eight? Yeah. Said what you said. Uh, yeah. <laughs> why do you think Vegas has them so high? Eighty three and a half. Well, they had them high last year. This is typically, I think it's a team they can generate buzz with uh, each year because they're in L.A., they have Trout. There's a lot of people that are optimistic about getting Trout into the playoffs. Everyone wants to see it. There are a lot of names on this team. If you were looking at, hey, uh, best team in 2015, this would probably be the best roster (laughs) in terms of the names that they have here, Anthony. But, uh, yeah, I think they're... I think they like Madden. I think they like Trout. I think they're a trap that people can fall into. But, you know, one other thing I'll add, the Los Angeles Angels last year, they were, for a good chunk of the season, had the worst record in baseball. They were 9-22 and through the first half, and they did uh, play a slightly better in the second half. I just don't think this is a good team, though. Yeah, I, I can see that. So are you saying that people should... Uh put their savings accounts on the under <laughs> for the for, for the angels. I, I would never tell people to do that, Anthony, but I do think that this is out of all of the ones in this division. This is the one that I feel the most confident in. And I, I said it last year too. Last year they had a similar, I think maybe they were 84, 85. And I, I said way under that back then. And unfortunately, I mean, of course, they won 26 games last year. So, <laughs> of course, I was right. Uh, I have them at, uh, I have them under, not as under as you have them. I have them at 79 wins 
and 83 losses. Yeah, that that sounds. I, they're definitely be in the 70s. That's for sure. I think that I'd say that they're not a high ceiling team, but they're also not an extremely low floor team where you're going to look at them as being horrible. Um, even though I guess I do think that's a possibility. I, I think they're probably <laughs> going to be a uh, subpar team, not a horrible team. All right. That brings us to the top two teams. Yes. In the division. Which one do you um, want to do first? Which team do you think has the, what team do you, are you higher on, on this, of these two teams? Well, I'm going to go once again for the second or third year in a row with the Oakland Athletics. And I think that the Oakland A's still have, again, you're looking at what have these two teams lost. They lost Semyon, who was an MVP caliber player a couple years ago. They replaced him with Andrews. They did lose Liam Hendricks, but they brought in Trevor Rosenthal a couple days ago. And I I really do like this. Uh, I I really I'll tell you this. I really like this young pitching rotation that the A's have. They do have a good pitch. This is that's the. I remember this podcast last year. I was very high <laughs> on the A's pitching rotation. Uh, yes. They didn't do as good as I expected them to. When I look at the numbers from 2020, of course it's, it's only a 60 game. Uh, yeah. Sample I know, but still, I mean. Jesus Lazardo, baby Jesus, had an ERA of 412. That's okay. That's not great. Frankie Montes had an ERA of 5.6. As I was doing research on this team yesterday and was looking at these numbers, both in the lineup and in the rotation, I was surprised that they were able to win 36 games. Yeah, they were the second, I think they had the second best record in the American League behind the Rays. And they did that without Matt Chapman for most of the year too. So yeah. they do they lose Semyon, but Semyon didn't have a he didn't have an incredible year last year. He was fine last year, but it wasn't like we had seen in 2019 or even 2018. He was he was really good. I don't have those numbers in front of me. They get Chapman back. Uh, they lose Tommy Lastella, who's a guy that got at the trade deadline. So now you're plugging in potentially Tony Kemp at second base. I don't know if I love that. But, I right. mean, this is still a pretty good batting order. You got Matt Olson. You got Andrews, Kana. Uh, Ramon Laureano is a guy I love. Mitch yeah, Moreland I mean, coming over, too. Yeah, Mitch Moreland's on that squad, too. And I think that's one of the best bats in this lineup, honestly. I'm not as high in the lineup as I was last year. The, yeah. the bottom third, you got Stephen Piscity, Elvis Andrews, and Tony Kemp. Like, that's not good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you got Mitch Moreland in there. I mean, and look at some of these top guys. I know, I know, I know 2020 was 2020, but listen to some of these regressions. Liriano, his average dropped 70 points last year. Canna, his average dropped 30 points. Chapman, in the games he played, his average uh, increase 15 points. Olsen, his average dropped 70 points. Wow. Sean Murphy, his average dropped 15 points. A lot of these guys regressed last year, and that's why I was looking at this, and how did they win 36 games? I don't, <laughs> I'm so confused. A <laughs> <laughs> little bit of the Billy Bean and magic, you know? He's, he's always... I think so. <laughs> Sean Murphy uh, is another guy that I like. He's a nice young player. Right state, right? That's right. Yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, I think this lineup has uh, – I'm, I'm not as high on this team, like I said, as I was last year because 
the numbers just weren't that great last year. They still won 36 games. So if they can improve on these numbers that kind of went down last year, maybe they could do even better this year uh, than what they did last year. And uh, I think that pitching rotation, really young, Frankie Montes, Jesus Lazardo, Shamanaya, Mike uh, Pierce is the veteran, 35 years old. It's okay. It's, it's, it's a good rotation. What, what do you think? Yeah, I think it is a good rotation. I like Chris Bassett a lot. He's always been a pretty stable, good, right, right around a 3-5 ERA type guy. Sean Manaya from the region, uh, from our region in Northwest Indiana. He's he's a really good pitcher. He was another guy that two years ago they missed for most of the season. They did well enough without him. Mike Fires uh, re-upping in Oakland. I like Montes. I like Lazardo. I think you're... Um, I think that was a pretty good summation, Anthony, that if you can get a lot of these guys just to take one step in the right direction from where they were last year, this team should be really dang good. And they always typically have a pretty good bullpen, too. Uh, yeah, they do. Jake Diekman, he's a former uh, he's a former Ranger. Yeah, we got some Rangers on the squad. The former <laughs> Rangers, Diekman, Elvis, and Mitch Moreland. Uh, Making me miss the good old days, but... <laughs> Mitch Moreland, I think that's an awesome pickup for this team. It's kind of under the radar pickup. He's probably going to do a lot of DHing on this team. Uh, but he had an OPS of 894 last year, the highest in his career. He's hitting the ball pretty well. And he, his OPS was over like 950 with Boston and then kind of regressed when he went to San Diego at the end of the season. Yeah, another guy that I also like in addition to Moreland, Chad Pinder, who stepped in and he, he hit a huge home run in that uh, series against the Astros. Do you remember that home run, Anthony? I do. I yeah. do remember that, yeah. Potential series-saving home run. It didn't end up mattering because the A's typically great bullpen was not good at all in the postseason and they haven't been a postseason winner um, which is holding me back from really putting them as a team that I favor to win the American League but they're definitely my favorite in the American League West what's the uh what's the playoff um is it the is it back to normal in terms of the playoff picture this year in MLB as of now the we're going back to 10 teams five in each league however there have been some still some conversations going on where you know anthony it's kind of like these politicians that like to throw stuff into these deals about uh where they try to ram through some policy that has nothing to do with the bill that they're working on and that's kind of like what's been going on with some of this stuff where they were going through their covid uh, their COVID agreement, player safety. And as a, as a result of the COVID agreement, we are going to have uh, seven inning, extra inning game or uh, double headers, seven inning um, double headers. And we're also going to have the runner on second base in extra innings. So I guess that's a safety uh, protocol for that matter. And I think they still have another potential deal that could get done. And that could include potentially a universal DH and an expanded playoff. But my hope is that they get both of those things out of here. <laughs> yeah, I feel you on that. <laughs> so what do you have the, the Oakland, the A's on, on the, on the record here? So Oakland's at 87 and a half. And I will preface this by saying that Houston is at 86 and a half. I feel pretty good about going over for both of these. Um, just because, again, I think 
there are a lot of wins that are obtainable in this division. I could really see it shaking out a number of different ways with these uh, teams not being particularly great. I think they're going to win. I'll, I'll go with uh, 90, 92, 93. Oh, gosh. Okay. I'll say I'll say 92 wins for the Oakland A's, and I think that's enough to win the division in this AL West. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going a little bit different than you here. Okay. Let's hear so, it. So I think it's all going to depend. I think the two X factors in this rotation is Frankie Montas and Jesus Lazardo. If they can have good seasons, um, then my number is going to be wrong and we're going to see more wins. But <laughs> I, I don't trust them yet. I think they're really good pitchers who can be really good but haven't shown it yet. And they've had flashes in the pan, but haven't put it together yet. Maybe they can do that this year. If they can, they're going to have more wins. But as of right now, I have a slight under to 86 wins. 86 wins. Okay, interesting. And they also, another guy we haven't mentioned, A.J. Puck. He's uh, he's a top 50, top 60 prospect who should be a contributor this year. And likely in the bullpen as yes. the closer, I hear. Yeah, so, I mean, probably Rosenthal starts out the season as a closer, but he could be a guy to watch for in your fantasy baseball leagues as a vulture save guy. Okay. All right, let's finish off with the team that I would think, I guess I don't want to put words into your mouth, but is this your favorite to win the American League West, the Houston Astros? Unfortunately, it is. (laughs) I'm not an Astros fan. I don't like them. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you you side with Mario on on your stance with the Astros. I don't like the Astros, but after looking at the A's last year, I picked the A's to win, and they did win um, the division. Yeah. This year, I'm picking uh, the Astros. But let's go through some of these uh, players here. I think this lineup is so talented. It's yeah. still talented. It's a very um, good lineup. Yeah, they don't have uh, they don't have Springer anymore. It's they still got Guriel, Altuve, Bregman, Correa, Brantley as your core. That's that's a really good core. Jordan Alvarez. Yes, he's been great. A lot of these guys, just like with some of the Oakland A's players that I mentioned, did have big regressions last year in terms of their numbers. And I think I know why, Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) You know. That's a valid point, but I don't think it's the whole story. And I think these guys are more more talented than the numbers spoke for last year. I mean, you just look at the play. They only won 29 games last year, 29 and 31. Uh, But they got to the playoffs and they did well. Yeah, they were again. We you had this as a question on Sports Jeopardy was who are the teams that finished below 500, made the playoffs 29 and 31, good enough to get into the playoffs. And they had that weird rule where you had two teams in each division making the playoffs, and they were team number two in this not very great American League West. I think that, uh, yeah. Yeah, 29-31, and then they got hot at the right time. They were knocking on the door of a World Series somehow, some way. Framber Valdez. I like him. He was great in the postseason. He's a good pitcher. Like, lights out there in the postseason, like you said. Uh, you still got Zach Granke in that rotation. He's aging. He's up to 37 years old. His ERA was 4.03 last year. 
but he's still going to anchor that rotation. Lance McCullers. I like uh, Christian Javier. That's a yeah. good pitcher too. A good young 23-year-old pitcher. He did well last year. I like a lot of a lot of that rotation. I like a lot of this lineup. I don't think it's one of the best in baseball. I think there's other teams that are better, uh, but I think it's the best in the AL West. There's a lot riding on these young guys. You need Framber Valdez to repeat his success from a year ago. You need Christian yeah. Javier, Jose Urquidy, those couple of guys to do well. Zach Greinke, upper age, he's probably age 37, age 38 this year. Mm-hmm. Justin Verlander might not pitch this year. He And if he does, he might not be the same guy. Age 38, coming off of Tommy John surgery. Lance McCullers, uh, who's still sticking around, he's going to have a big spot in this rotation. The yep. one guy that I am very intrigued by, and I think if he pans out the way that a lot of people think he will, and he's that guy, and he's a high-impact guy this year. Now, he is injured right now. I don't know how much time he's going to miss, if he'll be ready for opening day. Forrest Whitley, he's a top-20 prospect and mm-hmm. they were able to, when they got the Granky deal, they didn't have to part ways with him. He's a piece that has been talked about potentially being a trade chip over the years. They hung on to him. They've had a lot of faith in him. Kyle Tucker, their right fielder, he's another one that they've stuck with. If Forrest Whitley can produce at a high level this year in his rookie campaign, that is going to, I think that'll be a huge game changer for the Astros. I think they could really win the division in that case. Yeah, I agree with you. And that brings me to another point that I was thinking about earlier. Like a lot of these guys that are minor leaguers and big prospects, they lost the whole season last year. Yeah. They didn't play. They got workouts and stuff. They played simulated games, but it's not the same as playing a full minor league slate of games. And these guys' last numbers come from 2019. Forrest Whitley in 2019, his ERA was 7.99. Uh, take, that, take that what you will. It's not yeah, good. No. But we're two years later now. Uh, how is that going to translate to how he's pitching right now? I just don't know. It's a big question mark in my opinion. It's a huge question mark. And he has the talent. That's why he's rated so high in the top prospect ranking. Uh, but you just don't know at this point, I feel like. Yeah, you don't know. And that's why I feel a little more confident in the A's and the Astros here. Again, both both are going to really be counting on these young pitchers. And it'll be very interesting to see what ends up happening here. I just, I'm not expecting to get the same amount out of Valdez and some of those other guys that they got in the postseason last year. I don't know if they're going to sustain that into a full 162 this year. And they, they played good in the 60 last year, too. Both guys that he raised about three and a half. Yes. I think they could sustain that or even get better uh, from what I saw last year. I mean, you, you never know. I could be wrong. Uh, Jose Urquidy. How do you say his last name? Urquidy. Urquidy. He, had a, he, he only played 29 innings in the regular season last year, but had a 2.7 ERA. They're, they got some young arms that are good. It's just a matter of how they're going to develop. I mean – like you said, it's going to depend on those guys. Yeah, and I also think that those young guys are not only going to be the key for this year, but really the key for what the Astros, how how long they're able to sustain this window. If they're able to maintain some of these guys, Altuve, Bregman, Correa, if they can keep... Now, Correa will hit free agency this winter. I don't think they're going to be able to bring him back. But 
if they're able to keep somewhat of a good core intact, and now you're looking at this next rotation coming in, replacing what they had with Granky Cole, Verlander, and now you get Verlander and Granky off the books and a little bit of money to play around with, then you're looking at a sustained run for this Houston Astros team. Yeah, I agree. But I'm not seeing it. I think they're... I don't have them in the playoffs this year, Anthony. I, I mean, obviously I do because I haven't been... <laughs> so the Vegas over-under is 86 and a half, like you said. I got them at 91 wins. Winning the division with 91 wins, 71 losses. Uh, Oakland coming in second with that uh, 86, I said, and that's going to be in contention for a wild card, but maybe not. So, it, I mean, this is, if there's one division that's only going to get one team to the playoffs, it's probably going to be the AL West. Yeah. Um, I mean, you never know. Uh, the two teams could make it. I mean, we said we have, this is why they, they play the games. Uh, we can talk <laughs> about it all we want. And we, we the, the, the podcasts and the analysts, and we all get it wrong once the season actually gets underway. But. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think that I only see one team come in for the playoffs out of this division, and I think that will be Oakland. So I had Oakland around 92-93. I think this 86 is a really great number. I'll go slightly over. I'll say Houston at 88 wins. So that's a still a good team, a, a, a very good team. I just don't know if it'll be good enough uh, compared to potentially what you could have coming out of the American League Central and the American League East. And, hey, you could look at the American League East as having three playoff teams, too. Yeah. If, if, if we have the... Yeah, no, if, right. we, if we have a five-team playoff, you could right. have yeah. your American League West champ, American League Central champ, and then three teams out of the AL East. Yeah. But... It's going to be interesting. Interesting how this plays out. I'm excited. Oh, Anthony, this is just, it was perfect timing today. It's a nice, toasty 45 degrees here in Chicago. This is the warmest day that we've had it, probably since December, maybe. It's been very cold over the last couple of weeks. A lot of snow. The snow's finally melting. The sun's out. <laughs> I'm getting a little bit of vitamin D. I'm going down to Florida in a couple of days. And we're talking baseball here on the 23rd of February. This just feels right. This is the the dawn of a lot of great things right now. Baseball season. Once that starts, it's everything just gets happier, Jack. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm excited, too. I, you mentioned it was 45 in Chicago. It's 75 in Midland, right? <laughs> we're feeling good. Uh, I live right next door to, literally right next door to uh, the Midland Rockhounds baseball stadium, which is the double A affiliate for the Oakland A's, actually. So I can outside my door and go, go across the street and go watch some nice double A baseball <laughs> with some of the teams in this division, players in this division that could be playing. So that's kind of cool. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And I'm hoping that soon enough we're allowed to have fans here in Chicago because I know things are a little more uh, chill out, uh, chillaxed there in Texas, which I enjoyed when I was in down in Texas. So I was like, ah, this is kind of fun to, to be able to uh, go out to eat and sit in a restaurant and all that. But um, yeah, very optimistic right now. A lot of things look like they're going in the right direction. Uh, and yeah, I'm so excited right now. And on top of all these things, 
We're less than, well, we're three weeks away from March Madness beginning. Oh, yes, let's go. And you know, this isn't a, this isn't a basketball podcast today, but <laughs> those, those Valpo Crusaders, they can play some ball sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think the team is moving in the right direction. I think we're, if we can retain our players from this year to next year, which has been a little bit of a challenge over the last few years, if we can keep this core in place, maybe yeah. some guys come back and use that fifth year of eligibility thanks to COVID. You yeah. could be looking at a very good Valpo team next year. I like I like Cricky. I like Sheldon Edwards, the freshman. I like Agnovich, yeah. the Sheboygan sharpshooter. Like I, I like some of that team, and they they beat uh, Drake when they were ranked. They almost beat Loyola when they were ranked. Um, they almost beat Drake twice. I was at the Saturday game. That, uh, yeah, you were at yeah. And I think uh, just like last year, Valpo came into the. Missouri Valley Conference tournament as the seventh seed and got all the way to the final. Uh, if they get hot, they could do the same thing. They could, and that would be a lot of fun. Unfortunately, if they make the tournament, if they were to, I remember last year that Sunday where they play in the championship. I start looking and I'm like, man, if they get into the NCAA tournament here, I'm just gonna have to hop on a flight to. Uh, whether it's uh, Omaha or Buffalo or <laughs> wherever it is, I'm just going to hop on a plane and go. And then, uh, unfortunately, that was not the case. And, unfortunately, we're not really going to have uh, – I mean, those – if you get into one of these NCAA tournament games in Indy this year, congrats, because right now we're only looking at 10% capacity. But yeah. uh, good for you if you're able to go to one of those. It'll <laughs> <laughs> be fun. It'll be a lot of fun be a lot of fun anthony always a blast having you on i'm sure we'll check in sometime during the mlb season and this is also a good reminder as i talk to you i need to get going on setting up our fantasy baseball league (laughs) yes definitely (laughs) but a lot of fun having you here anthony is there anything that you would like to uh throw out and plug while you're out here your social media anything of that nature i mean yeah just social media at Anthony Franz WX, which stands for weather, at Anthony Franz Weather on uh, Twitter, uh, meteorologist Anthony Franz on Facebook. But yeah, uh, just out here in Midland doing my thing and can't wait for baseball to start. Good stuff. All right. Well, I'm sure we'll be checking in with you soon enough. And we had teased the last time you were here, we had teased and said we'd do Sports Jeopardy. Probably going to have to wait until after the tournament is over, maybe after the Masters. But once we get into the spring and the summertime, we'll definitely have to do a couple of those. 100%. 100%. I know STEM wants a crack at me. Oh, that'll be a big matchup. <laughs> big well, matchup. Thank, thanks for joining me, Anthony. This is a lot of fun. Without a doubt, Jack. All right. That does it for my conversation with Anthony Franz, previewing the American League West. I'll be taping the NL West episode tomorrow, so you can expect that to be the next preview that shows up in your feed. We'll also be talking some college hoops on Monday, most likely, so make sure you guys are all subscribed to the Jack Vita Show so you're getting all that good content. We still got five more divisions to preview, and we will be, again, we'll be podcasting. At least my intention is to podcast throughout March Madness on 
every single round of the NCAA tournament, including some live streams and a live stream that we'll be doing on Selection Sunday. That's March 14th. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Follow me on Facebook at, that will be facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show, youtube.com slash Jack Vita, so you don't miss out on that live selection Sunday show. More information still to come in terms of what time that will be, who will be joining me, how many guests, potentially one guest, maybe more than that. I still got to figure it all out, but I'm very excited about everything that we have coming up on the sports calendar. Over the last couple of weeks, we've had some really fun episodes. We've talked college basketball. I had Albert Destrade from Survivor South Pacific, and we cast our own season of Survivor consisting of only Major League Baseball players. Before that, I also had Jay Starrett from The Challenge on MTV. He was also on Survivor, Millennials vs. Gen X. Had a nice sit-down interview with him. We did that in front of a webcam. So once again, if you missed those episodes, go back and check them out. Subscribe so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming previews or any of the college basketball coverage we have over these next five or six weeks. It's going to be a lot of fun. You're not going to want to miss out on that. You can hit me up on Twitter and Instagram at Jack Vita Show until the NL West preview and our college basketball chat next week. I'm Jack Vita. Bring in the dancing lobsters. <laughs>